Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with Nicholas and Heather Vesey. Well, this is the fifth in a series that I'm doing um, on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus's main wisdom teaching, um, where the Beatitudes presents a picture of one who is embodying that wisdom. Jesus starts in the Beatitudes with the importance of not knowing. Wisdom cannot enter those who think they already know. So blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then after opening ourselves to not knowing, we recognize the lack of the divine in our lives, and therefore we're called to seek it. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And in recognizing our poverty, we also eschew violence and our desire to make things go our way. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And then we seek a right relationship with God, one of trust. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And so this week we now have blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And looking at our television screens over the last week, this is just such a a relevant beatitude to, to talk about. The word mercy comes from the French word merci, which means thanks, uh, uh, means please rather, and thanks. And, and really, the way it came about was uh, in, in 13th century um, France, when the English were being beaten and in, in the various wars, the only word they knew uh, in French was merci, which really meant please. So when they were begging uh, to be spared, they said merci. Um, and it became known as mercy through that. It really meant please or thank you, please let me go. Actually, there's another, just by digression, there's another way from the 13th century. In England, there's a, you know, there's a great thing where the V sign is seen as a sign of uh, um, pouring ridicule on people and, and really being offensive to people. And the way that started was the, the, the French used to cut off the English archers' two fingers like this. Uh, so they couldn't use their burn arrows. So the English used to look over at the French and go like this at the, the French, in other words, to say, I've got my two fingers, I can still attack you. But that's a digression. So merci or mercy uh, comes from that French. Uh, and the way it's used here, it, there's a Greek word that's used in the New Testament, uh, which is eloio, uh, which essentially has that meaning of pity, favor, or heavenly word. And it has that sense in that pity of that compassion as well. So there's a meaning that we can take here, which is blessed are those who feel compassion for those around them, for they will receive their heavenly reward in the form of compassion from the universe. Blessed are those who show compassion to those around them, for they shall receive their heavenly reward in the form of compassion from the universe. So this beatitude sums up the whole idea of forgiveness that Jesus uses in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So it's got that sentiment. Also, it's got the golden rule within it, that, that idea that's in all religions, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. 
And again, it also rolls up the whole Buddhist idea um, of compassion expressed by the Dalai Lama, who always said that my religion is kindness. My religion is kindness. And there's a sense of that blessed of the merciful within that. In fact, the Dalai Lama actually this week um, said in relationship to the pandemic, he said, prayer is not enough. We need to fight coronavirus with compassion. He says, this crisis shows that we must all take responsibility where we can. We must combine the courage of doctors and nurses with the empirical science to begin to turn the situation around and protect our future from more such threats. So he's really bringing compassion into where we are now. Blessed are the merciful. It's really an entreaty for us to show compassion in all circumstances. Compassion in the way we behave in order not to infect others. Compassion on those who seem to act in ways that we don't approve of, that we may think might infect others. Compassion on those around us as they respond in different ways to their predicaments. Compassion on our leaders as they struggle to find a way through this, even if we don't approve of the way that we're doing it. Our role is not to judge, but to show compassion. Compassion, as I said before, comes from the Latin words compassio, which means to suffer with. As far as compassion goes, we're asked to suffer with others. And to feel with others, makes, it makes no demands on them. It makes a demand on us as we suffer with them. It's when we don't feel with others that we become inured to their pain. And when we become inured, we cut off from it and we don't recognize the pain that's there. We therefore see their behavior as unacceptable and condemn them as worthy to being treated harshly, whatever form that takes. The only way that you could include others really is through compassion, through feeling with their pain. Because when you do that, you start to understand what's motivating them and you can show them how to deal with their pain and how we can help them with that, which I think is where education comes in. You don't know what you don't know. How could you? And, and when you do know, then it's a whole different game. Education comes from those Latin words, educare, which means to draw out. So education is about drawing out the natural wisdom that lies within each of us. With children, we draw out their understanding, which is different from teaching, which is about showing or pointing out. In later life, when, when an alcoholic experiences their true powerlessness, they have to face alcohol. Then they realize they cannot drink and they decide to change their lives. That change brings about a change in awareness about the way that their lives work and a change in behavior. And that put simply is really what consciousness training is about. Compassion leads to understanding, 
which leads to empathy, which leads in a desire to educate. And that's the cycle, I think, which brings about health and healing. It's a universal truth, I think, that, that we're all on the same side. Us, our community, our state, our country, our race, we all have to solve each other's problems as well as our own. I've always said that I've thought that pollution in China would be just as much as a problem for the US as unemployment and wage disparity in the US is a problem for China. If we don't solve other people's problems, they will be visited us in other ways. Just have to look at the pandemic. Compassion, understanding, empathy, cooperation. The alternative is fear and the fear that we see around us at the moment. And fear is created by an unwillingness to cooperate, driven by a failure to understand through a lack of empathy created by a failure to be compassionate. The role of every thinking, feeling, caring human being right now is to be compassionate. It's the beginning of everything. Compassion is the fulfillment of the spiritual journey because it links us all in the same experience. When we feel with others, we are linked in our experience. When the spirit flows through us in compassion, we become as one with all things and we become part of transformation. No longer preoccupied with the small self and small interests, but instead we identify with all and we feel with all. My Streckhardt once said that there is no such thing as my bread. All bread is ours and is given to me and to others through me and to me through others. For not only bread, but all things necessary for the sustenance of life are given on loan to us with others and because of others and for others and to others through us. You, you get the gist. The, it shows the interconnectedness of all things. And through our compassion, our willingness to share pain, we facilitate this. And I think the key to understanding compassion or mercy is to enter into a consciousness of interdependence, which is a consciousness of equality of being. And that compassion is therefore the gateway to our connectivity. It opens the door between us and others, between us and everything else. Eckhart later says that in compassion, peace and justice kiss. In compassion, peace and justice kiss. We open ourselves to feeling for others. And as we do that for ourselves, we therefore don't cut off the pain that others sometimes bring us. We feel that pain. If you look at the television, it's difficult not to feel that pain. It's through our openness that we provide the links between people and through our compassion that we love the world into transformation. So the idea of mercy or compassion is that we be being asked you know, to perform by life in this beatitude is to have that compassion. But what about the second half of the Beatitude, which 
in return for this, we shall receive mercy or favor from the universe. I mean, how does that work? Blessed the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Because we know good works and compassion are no vaccine against the virus. They don't, they don't help us in that particular way. So how, how does it help? Well, for me, the very act of compassion is its own reward. Through our compassion, we open ourselves to the universality and the wholeness of all creation. To love our enemies, which is surely a part of this, is to recognize, as it says in the Tao Te Ching, that our enemy is but the shadow that we ourselves cast on the world. The idea that our enemy is, in fact, the shadow that we ourselves cast on the world. So to love the world as we love ourselves is really a gateway into the understanding of the oneness of all things, the non-duality, the holistic nature of everything, the understanding that there is no us and them. There is a soup of carbon atoms and consciousness that is all of us, all of a one, and that we're part of that. And the experience of compassion opens us up into that understanding. You can even sense it with the, word with the words themselves in this beatitude. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Mercy is on both sides of the equation, and it suggests a oneness of experience. Compassion and the willingness to love leads us into this understanding. And this is the greatest reward we can have because it enables us to see the world as it truly is, to enables us to see the oneness, the, that heaven is this world truly seen. So Jesus' teachings in the Beatitude lead us into this experience of one, the oneness of all things. You know, the Beatitudes go beginning with not knowing, poor in spirit, to yearning for God, mourning, to dependence on God, meekness, to trust that all will be okay, righteousness, and now to this understanding that we are all of one beingness, mercy on both sides. We're being asked to see all that's happening out there as in fact a part of ourselves, that in some way the good and evil that happen in the world is a function of the good and evil that happens in all of our hearts. And that just as the whole ocean exists in a single drop, so all of consciousness exists in each soul. We have to act in a way that's congruent with taking responsibility for our oneness with the universe. And it's all about relationship. So this mercy or compassion is in fact the process by which we recognize that we're one with the universe and we act accordingly. Fortunate are those who show compassion for the true nature of the universe will be revealed to them. That is the favor that we receive. Our compassion, our mercy opens our eyes and our hearts to see the true relationship we have with everything else, our interconnectedness and our interdependence. And this enables us to act out of wisdom rather than the more limited perspective that we're all separate. 
This leads to us being able to act out of a new sense of duty and responsibility to others. And this is that next level of consciousness, whether humanity knows it or not, that we will collectively move into this way of thinking in order to survive. It's Einstein's new level of consciousness to help solve the problems that created in the first place. From this perspective, we have an opportunity of working with our universe to making the world and everything in it a better place for all of us. As Joseph Goldstein from Spirit Rock recently said, the way we move forward is two ways. You have, first of all, equanimity of the mind and then compassion. Equanimity so that we are at peace and not drawn into every rushing thing that passes through us. And then compassion to deal and have the wisdom to heal. Jesus takes this same route with the Beatitudes, setting our mind into a right relationship with the universe and then opening up through mercy and compassion to healing the situation that presents itself. Equanimity of mind and compassion. And these really I offer as the, the way forward in our individual lives and to the way we respond to our corporate family, be that here locally, nationally, or internationally. Let's pray. Great. So any thoughts about um, what I was saying? Um, I, I realised listening to your talk how the extent to which I fall into judgment and how I, you know, how easily we do that. Um, everything from observing how other people are behaving social distancing wise or mask wearing wise or how we groan and mumble about our leaders, especially political leaders. And like, there's just so much judgment. And um, what I felt listening to you was like, something in me is so tired of that. I just want to say like, stop, <laughs> like just stop and ease into compassion where there is no ego. There's no ego in compassion. And so if we can all just like be willing to give ourselves to compassionate acts and compassionate thinking and let our kind of small, tight, mean, egoic selves just like fall away a little bit, then, then we'll be in a much more spacious and healing world. And that's something that we can all do and offer, you know, from, from our sofas, you know. Yeah, I, I find that I, I forget to be compassionate. You know, it just doesn't come into my mind. And therefore, I if somebody is, is put in front of me, some of those images we've seen on television, your heart does go out. And you feel that compassion, but it, it takes something like that. Um, and yet the rest of the time, I find I'm just so in my head that I'm, I'm not able to take that little step back out of my mind and feel that nature of that compassion. It's interesting, like, in a way, compassion is costly on us. It's not easy. Yeah. It's much easier for us to, to either avoid or run away from what we see or what we don't like. Um, and to, uh, yeah, just to avoid it. And but I think what we're asked to do is to be willing to, to bear that cost in a way of not actually doing our inner work and of um, just extending that compassion, extending compassion to people who really need it, the people, you know, trying to make these 
decisions and take us out of this situation. And we can even be judgmental about our compassion, can't we? Certain people deserve our compassion and certain people don't deserve our compassion. And, and when people don't deserve our compassion, we just shut it off and then we completely judge in that situation. But what's being, saying in this, in, what's being said in this beatitude is that everybody and everything deserves our compassion and that it's, it's not appropriate to shut off our compassion in any circumstances at all. Yeah, and this is why I, I keep coming back to this, but why practice to me seems so important because yeah. practice is, is the gateway towards compassion and to being able to do it. And, um, and through practice, our, our way of perceiving and our way of seeing and our judging changes. And so that, you know, our... Um, the, you know, the condition of the seer affects what's seen. Like, we, we can see differently if we're willing to, to do what it takes. Yeah. So it is about practice, isn't it, really? I mean, we do bang on a lot about practice here, but really, that's what we have to do. You have to pra- if you're, when you're forgetting compassion, the only way not to do that is to practice you that. To, you have to practice. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't happen. It doesn't come easily to us human beings. And if you want some help, just a little advert. <laughs> Heather's nine o'clock in the morning, meditation, nine till 9.30, every morning, Monday to Friday. You'll find the link on the website. You just click on that link, on the Zoom link. And, and there are 30 people there all practicing that, that sense of compassion. Yeah, and it's so, you know, I feel so drawn to this and it's so fulfilling and it feels so meaningful and yeah. something that at this point we can all contribute to the great scheme of things. Great. Yeah. Good. Thanks for listening. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you. And if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.